0: Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. With Hashem's help, we're starting the eighth chapter in Shanoflu, on the top of page, 78a. So to introduce this Mishnah, when a woman gets married, so and she comes to the marriage with her own property and wealth, so there's two, two options. Either she can assess the value of what she brings into the marriage and it's evaluated and assessed and then she hands it over to the husband to take care of it, to run her properties, but he is responsible if the marriage dissolves or after the marriage, when he dies or or, or if he divorces her, he must return the value, the way it's been assessed. Not a penny more not a penny less. So if if he takes care of it properly, all the extra, the value, the increase of value, accrues to the husband. So he, she just assessed, this is what she came in, and she's not going to lose anything. So he has full responsibility. If it's reduced to zero, he has to come up with the money. <laughs> if it was, becomes worth ten times as much, that's his, that's his gain. So he takes responsibility. It's called, barza, like iron. It's, it's, like, uh, it's like ironclad. She's guaranteed. She's no loss, not a penny loss. That's niqse t'embaraz. Then, any other property, this is just the introduction, we're just starting. Any other property, it's called niqse miluk. Any other property that she brings into the marriage or, to, or she requires after the marriage, or from before the marriage, belongs to her. Any increase in value, it's her increase, belongs to her. If it decreases to zero, it's her responsibility. But the husband does get the benefit that any income that comes in, during the marriage, he gets the benefit. It's called Nisimi like pluck. He can get the pluck and he rents the come in or anything. It goes to him. But the value of the property itself, that's hers. That's her responsibility. So now the question is, could she sell? or could she give away? Could she give, yeah, Could she sell or could she give away this property? So he, because on the other hand, one hand it belongs to her, on the other hand, the husband has rights also. You take you're depriving him of the income. So that's the discussion of this uh, mission. So the mission says A woman who inherited property before she became betrothed for the marriage. Seventy-eight A on the top. Both agree. She has full rights. She can sell them. She can give them away. The kaya and the transfer stands. The husband can protest. Here there is no argument we're gonna learn argue property that she acquires after the marriage. Then there's an argument but property that she brought into the marriage that was hers before the marriage, she can do what she wishes with it. The husband wants to pluck and wants to get the income, size my property. I wanna sell it, I wanna give it away. The property belongs to me. I don't need your okay and I don't need and you can veto it. So if she doesn't sell there and present in the marriage, he gets the per- right. What if Naf if she inherited properties. Let's say she inherited. Her father passed away and she inherited property after after she's betrothed. But she's still only betrothed. It's not The marriage hasn't been completed yet. She's still in the betrothal stage. So here we have an argument. says <laughs> It's hers to sell. It's hers. It belongs to her. She can't sell. But even Beis Hillel says she's not allowed to sell it. After the fact, if she went ahead and sold it, the transfer stands because it's hers. She owns the full rights to the property. The rabbis argued before Rav Gamliel. Since... He acquired the woman, she's betrothed to him. and He shouldn't take possession of the property. What right does she have to sell the property and deprive her husband of the, pl- of the pluckings, of the, of the income? By selling it, she's depriving her. So if he acquired her, surely he acquired the possessions that belonged to her. So how can you say that after the fact, even Basil agrees that what's done is done? And she had the she had the right, the legal right to sell or to give it away. So I'm going to be to the rabbis. When it comes to new properties, property she acquired after she was fully married, we're ashamed. We don't understand. We don't understand. The Mishnah will say, the Mishnah will say in a minute that properties that she acquired after she was fully married, the Mishnah will say that everyone agrees that if the wife sells it, the husband could extract it from, from, the, from the buyer because he has a right to it. So he says, I, not only do I agree with you, even that law, I'm ashamed because I don't understand it. It's the, it's the wife's. It belongs to her. She can do what she wants with it. And, and now you're adding, now you're saying, you also, you also, you want to also tell us to limit her ability to sell properties that acquire and sold. He says, I hold that really, I disagree with you totally, he's saying. You're arguing that what right does she have to sell the property that she inherited after she became betrothed, since it's her, since the husband has a right to it, I argue the exact opposite, even property, even property that she inherited after the marriage was completed, I hold that she, ha- she, should, uh, she should have a right to sell it, it's hers, even though the husband acquired her, one has nothing to do with the other, the husband acquired her, but not her property, it's her property, she's the sole owner of her property, if you're an owner, I can exercise my legal right, I can do whatever I want with it. I can give it away, I can sell it. And there, everyone agrees that that it doesn't stand. She has no right to sell it. And I don't understand that. And you're asking me why property that she inherited after the betrothal, before the completion of the marriage. You're asking me why, what right does she have to sell it? Why does it stand after the fact when she sells it? Why shouldn't she be able to sell it? Not only after the fact, she should be able to sell it initially. (laughs) exact opposite point of view of the rabbis. Time out for even though, when does the husband, when does the husband's rights in the property begin? When does he start collecting the rent and plucking all the yeah, income? Right. Only after the marriage is completed. But nevertheless, Beis Hillel said that already in the betrothal, even though at this point she's getting all the income, but since it's heading towards a marriage. And when they'll be married, the husband, and so they have no right, she has no right to deprive the husband of the future income <laughs> by selling it now and giving it away now. She's depriving, she's depriving the husband of future oh, income. Right and Matilda says, yeah, it's not allowed. But after the fact, what's done is done. And Ram says, I don't understand. Yes, the husband has a right to, to the plucking, but that's only if, if it's her wish, if she's part of the marriage. But if she has her, it's her property, she can do whatever she wants with the property. How can you restrict her in any way? Look at the third case, uh, look at the third case, uh, right. if she inherited or inherited or if someone gave her a gift after she was married, right. even Beishamai right. holds, that she doesn't have a right to sell it or to give it away. Right. The husband can go and, and take it away, pluck it away from, 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 from the buyer and say, I'm right. sorry, you can't deprive me of my, of my income. The sale is valid to the extent that if The marriage dissolves, if and when the marriage dissolves, then the buyer, a buyer, uh, then it belongs to the buyer or to the giftee, the one who got the gift. But as long as it's a marriage, he says, I'm sorry, I'm taking all the income that comes in. So, you call why? So, again, so says, I don't, I don't, Rabbi says, I don't understand, it doesn't make sense to me, even in this case. Why would and why would everyone agree that? that uh, she ha- doesn't have the right to sell it or to give it away. The husband can go uh, go ahead and pluck it and take it away from, from the buyer. A fourth case. Actually, she inherited the property before. Before the full marriage. Either before she was betrothed or after. It doesn't matter. says, if she sold them or gave them away, the transfer stands. <laughs> if the husband gains possession of the properties, surely she gained possession uh, of her, surely she gained possession of her properties. replied, Al Even new properties were shame. I don't even understand why. Even property that she gets after the full marriage, really, she should belong to her, and she should be able to do whatever she wants with it. I don't understand. But there, everyone agrees that she can. She doesn't have a right to, to sell it and to deprive her husband. But I don't understand that. I'm embarrassed with that law. I'm ashamed of that law. And you wish to come up uh, the old properties that she acquired before the full marriage. You're asking me why she do, why why she has a right to sell it. Of course, she has a right to sell it. If she sells it, 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 it it's it's a valid. by putting her property into trust. <coughs> what do you mean a trust? You mean it doesn't belong to her? She gives it away to her father or something? No, no, no. A, a trust is, is owned by... Who's it owned by? She's the trustee? owned by the trust, but she's the beneficiary of the trust, but she has no control over it. Uh-huh. So it's outside of her... She doesn't own it. The trust owns it. Yeah, the, the Gemara does discuss her. She can give, like, she'll give it to her family. You hold it until my husband dies or, or until we're divorced. <laughs> yeah, you, so you save it, family right, family. right. Yeah. So you save, you save, you, you keep your husband out of it. <laughs> yeah, that, that option is available. Yeah. The difference between the two versions, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Hanina Menachaviah, uh, what the rabbis argued with Rabbi Gamaliel and his response. They argued, if he acquires the woman, surely he acquires her property. The husband has a right to her property. And, you know, and responded, I'm embarrassed and ashamed of even new properties. Properties that she acquired after the marriage, or given to her, or inherited. I don't understand why she should not have a right to do as she pleases with it. As long as it's in the marriage, yes, the husband can pluck and get the earnings, but it's her right to sell it. Well, right? He has no veto power. It's not his. It's all her property. If it, if it, uh, if it appreciates, she gets the appreciation. If it uh, goes down to zero, she loses everything. It's her. It's her property. She has all the risk. The husband is a free loafer. So fine, as long as, long as, as, long as it's in the marriage, fine. You can enjoy it. But why shouldn't I be able to... I don't understand that. And you're arguing with me in the case where she inherited or she got her gift of property while they were betrothed. And she sells it while, she, while they're betrothed. That's Rabbi Yehuda's version. And uh, Rabbi Hanayim HaKavi says, and you're arguing with me, Rabbi Chalim says, and you're trying to argue with me in the case where she inherited or received properties as a gift while she was betrothed, and then sold it after she was married, fully married. And the Gemara will explain what, what's the distinction. So, so surely she should be able to, to uh, sell the property and do as she pleases with it. Four rulings, right? The Mishnah gave us four rulings. If she inherited the property or she got a gift before the, ma- the betrothal, after the betrothal, and after the full marriage. She inherits the property before the betrothal. She has all the rights. She has all the rights. That's right. She can sell the property. Obviously, we're not talking about if she's single, she can do whatever she wants. We're talking about she inherited the property before right. marriage and then she becomes betrothed, she, can, he, still, he right she so. can still sell the property, according to everyone. Yeah. According to everyone. She can sell the property, right? Bishamah and Bicillel agrees she has a right initially to go ahead and sell the property, even after she's betrothed. Obviously, if obviously she's single, she property do what she wants. Even after she's betrothed, the property she inherited before the betrothed can do whatever she wants. But once she becomes once she's married, the property that she inherited before the betrothal. And then, and then they completed the marriage, she completed the marriage. So Gambleel says, Sir Gambleel says, it's only, the sale is only valid after the fact. Initially, she's not allowed to sell it. Right. But only after the fact, then it becomes, okay. Then, the other case is if she inherits the property after the betrothal. Right. So here we have an argument. May says she can initially sell it. As long as he's still betrothed, in the betrothal stage. Basil says, no, she can no longer sell it. But if she goes ahead and sells it, it's a legal sale, and this, the sale stands. But once she becomes, once she, the, the, she completes the marriage, So Magambalil says, that initially she can't sell it, but after the fact... Uh, the marriage is, is valid. I mean, the sale is valid. or the gift is valid. What about if she inherits property after the marriage, the full marriage, and everyone agrees that the sale is not valid, even after the fact? They shall agree the sale is not valid. It's not valid if the has an objection. Right. The rabbis didn't, agree, didn't argue with this. They were just trying to understand. They said, we don't understand this law. They're not arguing. This is, this is, these are the opinions in the Mishnah. They're not arguing with the, with the verdict. But they're trying to understand. The rabbis are trying to understand. They ask him, well, it doesn't make sense to us. If the husband acquires the wife with the betrothal, he acquires the wife. Surely I should acquire her possessions. The husband should have rights. He's not arguing in the fact, in the rendering. But he says, to me, I don't understand. The truth is, maybe even gifts and presents that she receives after the marriage why, why should the husband, if she takes all the risk and she has all the responsibility, she can do as she wants with it. Her, she's the boss. He supports her, so therefore, any income that she brings goes to the husband. It's an exchange. I'll support you, and, and you give me the paycheck. We have one bank account. Instead of having two separate bank accounts, two separate, when we go to the restaurant, we're not splitting the check. <laughs> There's an option. There's an option. You can say, you keep your, I don't need your support and I'll keep my paycheck. We'll have two separate bank accounts. That is an option. You know, if there's enough there to support her, she says, matter. I'm sorry, I mean, don't do me any favors. I don't want you to support her. I'm making more money than you. It doesn't work. That concludes, Reb Shimon, chaylek, ne chasem ne chasem. Reb Shimon distinguishes between one kind of property and another kind of property. It's, there are some properties that the sale stands, and regarding others, the sale is void. This is awesome. How you doing about property that are known to the husband? Like timka. She's not allowed to sell. Even if she goes ahead and sells it, it's void. She has no right to sell. But she is doing about property that he doesn't even know of. She has she property, has property in stands. China that he doesn't even know so of. She has a in, uh, right, right. Loi, Loi she timka. Has She's a not allowed not to sell. Summer. But if she goes ahead and sells it, then the sale stands. Okay, that's the mission. Okay, now the Gemara will unpack this mission. Dr. Gemara, Meishna, de H, the Lei Pligi, Meishna, safe the Pligi. Why? Why in the first case? No one argues. Property that she inherited or she received as a gift or she acquired before the betrothal. And then she gets betrothed. Everyone holds that she has a right to sell it. And the sale stands. And even initially, she has a right to sell it. Both Shamay and Hillel. Meishna, safe with the Pligi. Why does Shama and Hillel argue in the case when she inherits or she receives a gift, property? After the betrothal, that Pesha said she could sell, Meisol she can. Why? Amrit VeDabiyana. Dabiyana said they the answer. today In the first case, the property fell to her while she was under her own, her, her own, her own possession, her own jurisdiction. She was single. Sefer law When the property, when she acquired the property, it's already under his jurisdiction. Yes, at that moment he cannot yet enjoy the benefits, he can't pluck until they're fully married, but that's where the marriage is heading. We betrothed, and when the marriage is complete, he'll have all the benefit of the property. So now he's in the picture, now you don't have a right. That's why Bessilu says, you don't have a right to sell it. It's not so simple. If that's the case, if that's the rationale, so why does Bessilu agree that after the fact, the sale is a sale and the gift is a gift? He has a right. You're depriving him of his right. rather, In the first case, the properties definitely fell while it was under her own jurisdiction. She was single. But in the case where she inherited and she received these properties after the betrothal, and we can argue. I can argue this way. I can say it's her jurisdiction because it's her property. She has all the risk involved in the property. It could turn to zero or, or, or could, uh, it could go up in value, but she has all the risks. So it's her property. He has nothing to do with it. He's a free loafer. Or you can say no, that it is under, under his jurisdiction. It is his right as a husband that he does have rights to it. So therefore, since we're not sure, initially, she shouldn't be allowed to sell it. But after the fact, the sale stands, the sale or the gift is valid. And ask, if that's the case, why don't you say the same about property that she acquired before the betrothal? Right after the betrothal, now he he acquires a, a right. It's true. But the difference is, there, when she was single, it was definitely 100% her right. After the betrothal, he has, it's a doubtful, maybe he has a right, maybe not. A doubt versus a certainty, it's not even a contest. She wins, and even initially, Basil says he can go ahead and sell it. No one argues. But here, when she acquired the property, at that moment, they're both in doubt. I don't know, Is is it totally hers? Does he also have a part in it? So therefore, Therefore, we say initially don't sell it, but after the fact, the, the sale or the gift stands. Okay, I'm Rabbi Huda, the mission said, Rabbi Huda says, I said before I'm going to The rabbis argued, we don't understand the logic. If he acquires her, surely the husband, why is it a doubt? If he acquires her, surely he has an acquisition of the property. Iboilu, what's, they what's Rabbi Huda, what's Rabbi Huda referring to? Is he referring to that Beit says that even initially he can sell it? He doesn't understand. How can Beit argue that even initially she has a right to sell it? What about the husband's right? If the husband has a right to her, surely the husband has a right to her property. Or he doesn't understand even Basil's position. Bessila says initially she has no right to sell. But after the fact, the sale stands. He doesn't understand. Why should the sale stand? How could you deprive the husband of his right? invalid even after the fact. So we continue in side B, 78B. Tushma bring you up roo the Tanya and the Brace and Rabbi Huddah I'm going to the price is a little more uh, specific. They said the rabbis argued before them weal Since this one is his wife and this one is his wife. Meaning whether she is in the stage of betrothal or whether she's in the stage of fully married under the chuppah already brought into the house. Just like in the case, if she sells it after the completion of the marriage, you said everyone agrees that the sale is invalid, even after the fact. So if a should also be invalid, even after the fact... So clearly, you see clearly, the argument was not only we don't understand Bisham's opinion, we don't understand Bishiloh's opinion, that unanimously everyone agrees that after the fact the sale stands, why? What difference does it make? Since he acquires her, at what point does he acquire her? After the betrothal, not only when the marriage is complete, so what difference is it? Just like after the marriage is complete she has no right to sell it, and even after the fact it's null and void, you can't deprive the husband of his right, the same should be true. If the husband sells it after during the betrothal, if she sells it during the betrothal, the sale should be null and void because you're depriving the husband of the future rights when they complete the marriage. So i'm a little responded, "You're thinking about that. I have a different problem. I don't understand the law that says that she has no right to sell it after the marriage is complete. Why not? It's her property. You're trying. You you have a question. What bothers you is." How is it possible that that the she doesn't have a right that she, that she has a right to sell it after the fact? The sale is not void. Okay, so what do we see from this brayt? David, come. Uh, that the argument of the rabbi Huda, the, the, the is quoting the argument of the rabbis, was not. We don't understand based We don't understand based Hill. no, it's a clear proof. See, the mission is very succinct. The brayt is a little more detailed. This is not what the rabbis argued. Uh, This is not what Amlil responded to the rabbis. This is the way he responded. Even though regarding uh, someone who's already married, when the marriage is complete, that the sale is invalid. You know why? She came by Tios and there because there's a difference. He's making a distinction between the marriage, the complete marriage, and the betrothal. What's the difference? It's only after the complete marriage that the husband entitled to her findings belongs to the husband. When she's fully married, the husband is entitled to everything that she finds, to her earnings, to her paycheck. And he has the right to cancel, to nullify her vows. So therefore, the husband has a right in the wife. He has a real wife, uh, he has a real acquisition in the wife. He's an ownership. He has an ownership in the wife. He can, everything she finds belongs to him, her paycheck belongs to him. He has a, he has a right to nullify her vows, anything that you affects the marriage. The during... No. But no, just... then it's the father and the husband. Then it's only only if she's younger and then the father and the father and the husband. Together, she's when alive, she's uh, younger, yeah. when she's older, no, only only after the marriage yeah. uh, but, uh, means to say that that no, he could nullify it after the betrothal, but the difference is that during the betrothal he doesn't can do it alone, it's only the husband together with the father, after the completion the of the marriage of the, the, the father's out of the picture. Absolutely agreement with the father during betrothal? Uh, during betrothal, no. The they, they both can't nullify. They need both. Only when both of them nullify together. Otherwise, the, uh, her vow is not nullified. It so has to be both together. Still be stuck. Okay, but it's up to the father. But a, but after the completion of the marriage and she takes a vow, he has the full full jurisdiction, not the father. So therefore, he has such rights, such acquisition, such rights, then we say that, that she can't just sell the property. That's a distinction, but uh, You're going to say in the case of betrothal by the husband doesn't get to acquire not her findings, not her earnings. He's not alone. He can't nullify the vows alone. You need it together with the fathers. He doesn't have the same level of rights. So therefore, it makes sense that in that case she the, she has a right to sell her property, or at least after the fact. That, that, the, that the sale stands and the gift stands. So, so the rabbi said to him, Rabbi, our teacher, you answered, good, a case where she sold the property before, before the completion of the marriage. But what about Nisus? What about the case where she acquired the property when she was betrothed or even before? And she held on to the property. And after the completion of the marriage, then she goes ahead and sells the property. What's the law then? The so, Amrullahu. Lahu, she said to them, Avzu mechedes and Av'zu the... Even in such a case. After the fact, it stands. The sale or the gift stands since she inherited the property when she was single or during the time of the betrothal. So therefore, the sale is valid. So Amrulay, that's what they said to him but now she is fully married. He does have a right in the wife. Surely he should have a right in the property. You yourself just explained that after the marriage, it changes everything. After the completion of the marriage, the second stage of the marriage, the final stage of the marriage, everything changes. So why why should he still have? Why should she still have the right to sell her property? Why should the sale stand? That's what Gamliel said. The truth is, I don't really understand even the case where she inherits property after the completion of the marriage. According to my understanding, my opinion, even then she should have a right. With all the rights that the husband has in her, it's still her property. She gets all the risks. She takes all the risks. It's her property. She should do as she pleases with it. What right? As long as it's in the marriage. Let the husband pluck. Let the husband enjoy the benefits. But it's her right to give it away and to sell it. You're asking me why in the case of property that she acquired before the completion of the marriage, asking me, and then she gets married, asking me why then should she have a right to sell the, uh, and, and the sale should stand. But this according to this Braise's account, the dialogue between Gamliel, and the rabbis, it goes against our Mishnah, but we learned in our Mishnah, Actually nisses, benisses, if she acquire property before the completion of the marriage yeah. then she gets married and then she sells it or gives it away Ram Gamliel leimer, Ram Gamliel says, <laughs> if she sells or gave it away then it's valid meaning it's only after the fact but according to the bras is arguing she should have initially a right to sell it according to Ram Gamliel, there should be no no restriction. Maybe Dham Gamliel is making a distinction. If she acquired the property after the completion of the marriage, when the husband has full rights in her, okay, then I can understand. Then it makes sense to me. Then it makes sense to say that maybe she doesn't have a right to sell it. But property that she acquired before... Argues in the Brace, according to me, in all cases, even property she acquired after the fact, after the Nisuian, with all the rights that the husband has, according to my logic, she should be able to sell it. It's her right. But our mission, says Claire Gamblil, says she does not have a right to sell property that she acquired after the completion of the marriage. She, and and even property that she inherit she inherited before and then she sells it after the marriage. It's only after the fact. You're right. You should really read the B'raith she could initially sell it. That even initially, you have to amend the, the Mishnah. You have to amend the Mishnah to read, Amgamalil says, that any property that she acquired before the completion of the marriage, even and then she marries, she has a right to sell it even initially. It's her own, logic. The truth is, even if she, property she acquired after the marriage, completion of the marriage, she should have a right. But he's not arguing halachically. He says, I agree halachically in that case that that she can't sell it. And even if she sells it, it doesn't stand it. Because Hillel and Shammai argue. I'm not arguing with Hillel and Shammai. They both agree that she can't. But I don't understand the logic of it. But you And you're arguing against my halacha that says that she has a right to sell it, property that she acquired before the completion of the marriage. Even after the marriage, she has a right to sell it. Surely she has a right. It's her property. I don't even understand the other halacha. It says Even property Even property that she acquired After the betrothal She has no right to sell it But if she sells it It stands The sale stands If she sells it while she is betrothed But if She sells it if she, What happens if she sells it After the marriage You can, you can cancel the deal Could you cancel the deal Surely, if she bought it if she acquired it after the marriage completion of the marriage and then she sells it according to everyone even Shammai agrees that the sale is off it doesn't, it doesn't stand and said I don't understand that to me it doesn't make any sense but that's the halach I'm not going to argue with that it. it's the consensus it's all the ancient rabbis Hill and Shammai who am I to argue but it doesn't make any sense to me the laws of property, the owner, who's the owner? The owner is the one who owns it. The one who takes all the risks and takes all the, all the benefits. So, you know, so it's my life on the line and you're controlling what I can do. It doesn't make any sense. Why should, have, why should you have a controlling voice if you don't take any of the risks and, 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 and you don't gain any of the, the benefits? There are uh, people, we're like Hashem's wife. Hashem is our husband. People want to separate the corporate room from Hashem. You're the boss when it comes in the shul. You're the boss. The bedroom, you're the boss. And when it comes to the corporate, you don't leave me alone. That's my money. I'll do it, with it. No, Hashem says no, 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 no. You have to earn money in a kosher way, in a Jewish way. You have to be honest. You have to give tzedakah generously. So you can't separate the the, the boardroom, the corporate room, and the and the bedroom and the kitchen. Papa Papa gives a different answer. Loikash. It's not a a contradiction from the Mishnah to the Brazim. The Mishnah, that's Rabbi Yehuda according to Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Yehuda also quoted that the rabbis argued with Rabbi Gamliel. But the the version of the Brazim, that's the opinion of Rabbi Hanin and Akavya. It's a different argument. The Mishnah, the Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Hanin, are quoting two different arguments between the rabbis and the amigamble versions of what the argument in the rabbis and Rabbi Gamliel. arguing they are arguing according to Rabbi Huda's version they are arguing with Rabbi Gamliel. they don't understand Hillel's ruling that that after the fact the sale stands if she acquired property while she was betrothed and then she sells it after she's married they don't understand why why? Why the sale stands? Why the sale is valid? Okay. And and um, they argue that it that even after the fact, it shouldn't stand. If the husband acquires her, surely he acquires her property. So I mean, responds and says. Explains, no, she's not allowed to sell it, but if she sells it, it makes sense that the sale should stand. It's her property. So according to that, Amin Gamliel is explaining to the rabbis Basilo's opinion. So if, if he holds that initially, even property that she acquired after the betrothal, before the completion of the marriage, she's not allowed to sell, how much more so, property that she acquired after the after the completion of the marriage that she's not allowed to sell it's only after the fact then it, that that she's not allowed to sell even while she's betrothed property that she acquired after the betrothal initially she's according to hill is not allowed to sell during the betrothal it's only after the fact that it's okay so surely if she acquires the property after the betrothal, she sells it after the completion of the marriage. Shortly, initially, that's not allowed. But Avgadoliel says, after the fact, wow. it stands. So then our Mishnah makes sense. That, that's what Avgadoliel says in our Mishnah. Ab-Gab-Lil says in our Mishnah that, um, that if she sells it, if the sale stands... After, she sell, after she's fully married, if she acquires the property before she's married. And then she married and she sells the property. So Rabbi Gamliel says, initially it's not allowed, but after the fact, the sale stands. That makes sense, according to Rabbi Yehuda's version. But according to Rabbi Hananim ben Akavi's version of the argument between the rabbis and Rabbi Gamliel, according to him, Rabbi Gamliel says that even, even when she's married, she can sell the property that she inherited before the marriage. He can't argue with Hillel and Shammai. You know, I don't understand it. I'm not going to argue with the law that everyone agrees on unanimously. That a property she acquired after the marriage, that she can't sell and it doesn't stand. Fine. But, property that she acquired before the completion of the marriage, and then she completed the marriage and then she sold it, according to me, she should initially be able to sell it. That's the opinion That's the opinion of the Braisen. That's those two versions of what Rabbi Gamliel holds. It's not a contradiction. The version of the Braisen is that Rabbi Gamliel holds that property that she acquired before the completion of the marriage and she goes and sells it after the completion of the marriage, she has a right to sell it even initially. And according to the, the version of Rabbi Yehuda, the ver- other version of, of Rabbi Gamliel, he's saying no, that he's only explaining why after the fact. Property she acquired before the completion of the marriage. and she sells it after the completion of the marriage. After the fact, the sale is valid. Because she acquired it before before the marriage. So she has a prob- fearing woman. The, the Torah says, don't sell it. She won't do it. And she does it anyway. She does it anyway. It's, the sale is done. Right. So In other words, the buyer, you can't take it away from the buyer. So the, so the she Torah didn't do the right thing. But the prohibition is on her. But the sale is legal. The buyer says, "I'm sorry, <laughs> it's her problem. I paid for it. It's a legal sale. He can't take it away from me. She did something wrong. I didn't do anything wrong." And the gift, the one who got the gift, and it's mine now. I don't have to give it back. It's mine. I own it legally. Kosher, hundred percent. She did something wrong. Okay. So, so uh, g- 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 give her some pets. What do you want from me? It says, if she acquires money, what do you do with money? You buy a property. So the husband could get the income from the property, uh-huh. and she keeps the principal. So it's kind of You're right, it doesn't. But here, the property, the property, it's not a valid sale initially. You can't sell it because he's, he's plucking and he's earning. So you have no right to take it away. He doesn't have to go looking for a new property. and it's, it's, He has already. He had already the property. He has a right, and the husband uh, has nothing from money. You put it in the, under your pillow, under your mattress, you have, he has to have something. Anything she has, it's to immediately translate. Yeah, you translate into something that's, that's, that, 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 that produces earnings, that he can benefit from. Just to sit under the mattress. Agree with opinion of yeah. Tilo says she's not allowed to sell the property, even when she's betrothed. saying that Rabbi Gamliel follows Shammai goes against his own grandfather, his old great-great-grandfather you're saying that according to Rabbi Hananam and Rabbi Gamliel is arguing and his opinion is that any property that she bought before the marriage before the completion of the marriage she's even initially allowed to sell it after the marriage she's going against Hillel Hillel says that even while she's betrothed initially we tell her she's not allowed to sell it, it's only after the fact the sale is done, the deed is done the mother, the mother answers, this is what Rabbi Chalim HaKadah says. When Amlil argues it's a mistake. He disagrees. He says, never disagreed in this matter. <laughs> he said, there is no argument. Yeah, According yeah, yeah, yeah. to him, everyone holds that a married woman is initially allowed to sell the property any property that she acquired before the completion of the marriage, she can initially go ahead and sell it. There's no argument. And a property that she acquired after the nisuyin, after the marriage, everyone holds that it's not valid. She's Not only is she not allowed to, even after the fact, the sale is not a sale, or the gift is not a gift. So there's no argument. He disagrees that this is an argument. He says, I never heard of this argument. There's no argument now we come to the rendering the verdict what's the halacha they both say whether she acquired the property when she was single before she was betrothed or whether she acquired the property after she was betrothed and then she gets she's married fully married the husband even after the fact the husband could extract the properties from the buyer I want to come on. according to who is this? You don't follow any opinion, not Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, and not Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi says that it's only after the fact. Initially, you're not allowed to sell property. Any property she acquired after the betrothal, you're not allowed to sell it. Initially, it's only after the fact that it's good. Here, Rabbi and, Rab and Shmola both agree that even initially you're allowed to sell it. According to Raph, according to according to Raphani Lakavia, even after the fact the sale is according to Raphani Lakavia, even initially allowed to sell it. According to Rabbi Huda, at least after the fact that the sale is valid, here Rabbi Shmoul saying no, even after the fact you're not allowed to sell it. Mod answers, either Damr Kabi Sain, Udabrin Shmuel r are ruling according with our teachers. Tani will say no khazavan our teachers our teachers after the fact, afterwards voted Bain Shafullah Shalin Sadhana they changed their mind. And they voted that the Haloqha is that whether the property she acquired the properties when she was single. So she acquired the property after she was single. And then, when this, and then she is married. Even after the fact, the sale does not stand. Right. Mishnah says, and If she inherited the property after she's fully married, everyone agrees, Shame and Hillel, everyone agrees that the sale is not valid. The husband can take back from the buyer Take back the Is this the enactment of Usha? What do you mean? When the Sanhedrin, when the Supreme Court was in Usha, the Sanhedrin made ten stops from the temple and the final stop was in Tavaria. So when, when the Sanhedrin was in Usha, they enacted. A woman sells m'laig property. M'laig means to pluck, property that belongs to her. But while she has it, the husband gets to pluck and to uh, enjoy the income. And then she dies. The husband could remove the property from the possession of the buyer. The husband inherits the wife, right? When the wife dies, the husband inherits the wife only property that she owns at the, time, at the time of death. Anything that she sold before the time of death, it's not hers anymore. It's only what she possesses at that moment, at that time. So here, she already sold the property. So legally, really, you can say, I bought it before she died. It doesn't belong to you. She's out of the picture already. But in the Usha, they enacted that if she sells the Malay property, and then she dies, the husband could take the property. Why? Because the, the, what does that mean? How is that possible? It's sold. It's not hers anymore. At the time of death, it wasn't hers. Because the rabbis of Usha voided the sale. What they're saying is that the sale is never valid. She had no right to sell it. Because the husband is plucking and enjoying all the benefits. But the question is, why do you need an enactment? It says already in our Mishnah that after she's married she can't sell it if she inherits property after she's married she has no right to sell it so I already know it from the Mishnah I don't need a special enactment for It from Utsha <laughs> what the Mishnah means the Mishnah doesn't mean our Mishnah doesn't mean it's a misunderstanding our Mishnah doesn't mean the sale is void it's not what the Mishnah says the sale is a legal sale. It's her right. It's her property. You asked the question. It's her right. If she owns it, if she, exercise, if she has a right to exercise her rights, if she gets all the risk and she gets all the benefit, and all, the, all the appreciation, that means it's her property. So why can't they sell it? And she could sell it. It's a legal sale. But all the rabbis are saying is, it, yes, it's his property, but he doesn't get the income of the property. As long as the marriage is lasting, as long as they're both alive, the husband picks up the paycheck every week not the buyer. It's your property, you, get a, you don't get a dime from it. After the expenses, all the, all the profit, the fruits go to the husband. But the moment the marriage is over, the moment she dies and the marriage is over, then it kicks in. It was always his. He acquired it already. Then it's his. And he acquired it before she dies. So if the husband doesn't get to inherit it. So here comes along the enactment of Usha and says, no, that that we void the whole sale. Not only that the husband gets all the benefits, you own it, but you don't get a dime. Yeah. As long as the marriage is, is is as long as the marriage exists, he gets all the benefits from it, all the fruits. Uh, no. no, the sale itself is void. It's as if there is no sale, everything is in the marriage belongs to the marriage. So therefore, when she dies, he gets he inherits. It. So that's what he says. That was the enactment, the innovation of the rabbis of Usha, that he gets to inherit. But but so the rabbi that was the enactment of Usha, the innovation that, in order for the husband to be able, to be able to inherit this property, we say that in this case the sale is void. Again, even here, you can't say the sale is totally void because she has a right to sell it. But it's void in this case. The rabbis made a special enactment. They have the power to make a special enactment in this case in order to enable the husband to inherit her property. So, therefore, they they voided the sale in this specific case. Rabbi Shimon Chaylik ben the Mishnah concludes, Rabbi Shimon makes a distinction between what types of property known property, unknown property. Known property, then the sale is void. But if it's unknown property, then the sale is, stands. With the gift. Sure. So, which properties are considered known or which properties are considered unknown? What's the definition of known and unknown? Known properties are land. Everyone knows land. Property stays in the family. Everyone knows you inherit land from your father and your father. Otherwise you know, this is land that's in the family. So Any you're doing, property that's not known is referring to movable items. Everyone knows property is public knowledge. So surely we can assume the husband knew that she owned land. And therefore, he married her in the condition he understood that he's going to benefit from the land. He's going to enjoy the fruits from the land. So therefore, her sale is not valid. But, didn't know condo one thing, huh? but, right, but no, that's land, that's property, that's real estate. But movable items, he had no idea. He probably did not know at the time of the marriage. So he didn't marry her with, his, with any expectations for that. So therefore, she has a right to sell it. Rabbi <laughs> 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 Eichanan says, that's Rabbi Eichanan's opinion. Rabbi <laughs> Eichanan holds, even movable items is also known. You know what he means, you know what Tav Shimon means, property that's not known. She's sitting here, and she inherits property overseas. So he has no idea. Let's say her ancestors lived very far away. They don't live in the city, they live somewhere else. So he didn't know of their holdings. He's not in town. If it's in town, he knows what's going on. And a property that they own in Tokyo, I don't know, how should he know? So therefore he had no expectations. It's unexpected. So that property she has a right to sell. That's exactly what the Mishnah means. Any doing not known means it's in a different place, a different location. To be continued. Everyone have a wonderful day. Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. With Hashem's help, we're starting the 8th chapter in Kisuvah, at Isha on the top of page, 78a. So to introduce this Mishnah, when a woman gets married, so... And she comes to the marriage with her own property and wealth. So there's two, two options. Either she can assess the value of what she brings into the marriage, and it's evaluated and assessed. And then she hands it over to the husband to take care of it, to run her properties. But he is responsible if the marriage dissolves, or after the marriage, or when he dies, or, when, or, or if he divorces her. He must return the value, the way it's been assessed, not a penny more, not a penny less. So if, if he takes care of it properly, all the extra, pro- the value, the increase of value accrues to the husband. So he, she just assessed, this is what she came in, and she's not going to lose anything. So he has full responsibility. If it's reduced to zero, he has to come up with the money. <laughs> if it was, becomes worth ten times as much, that's his, that's his gain. So he takes responsibility. It's called like iron. It's, it's, like, uh, it's like ironclad. She's guaranteed, she's no loss, not a penny loss. That's barza. Then, any other property, this is just the introduction, we're just starting. Any other property, it's called. Any other property that she brings into the marriage or, to, or she acquires after the marriage, or from before the marriage, belongs to her. Any increase in value, it's her increase, belongs to her. If it decreases to zero, it's her responsibility. But the husband does get the benefit that he, any income that comes in during the marriage, he gets the benefit. It's called nissemilu, like pluck, he can get the pluck, and he rents to come in or anything. It co- goes to him. But the value of the property itself, that's hers. That's her responsibility. So now the question is, could she sell? Or could she give away? Could she get? Yeah, could she sell? Or could she give away this property? So he, because on the other hand, one hand it belongs to her, on the other hand, the husband has rights also. You take, you're depriving him of the income. So that's the discussion of this uh, mission. So the mission says A woman who inherited property before she became betrothed, before the marriage. Oh, yeah. 78a on the top. Both agree. She has full rights, she can sell them, she can give them away the kaya, and the transfer stands, the husband can't protest. Here, there is no argument. We're going to learn argue property that she acquires after the marriage. Then there's an argument of property that she brought into the marriage that was hers before the marriage. She can do what she wishes with it. The husband wants to pluck and wants to get the income. Sorry, it's my property. I want to sell it. I want to give it away. The property belongs to me. I don't need your okay, and I don't need and you can veto it. So she't sell there and present in the marriage he gets the per- right. What if Na if she inherited properties? let's say she inherited her father passed away and she inherited property after, after she's betrothed, but she's still only betrothed, it's not the marriage hasn't been completed yet, she's still in the betrothal stage. So here we have an argument. says it's hers to sell, it's hers, it belongs to her. But <inaudible> uh, she can't sell it. But hey, love, hey, even says she's not allowed to sell it. She, Reb, after the fact, if she went ahead and sold it, Kaya, the transfer stands because it's hers. She owns the full rights to the property. <inaudible> the rabbis argued before the rabbis before Gamliel, since he acquired the woman, she's betrothed to him. He shouldn't take possession of the property. What right does she have to sell the property and deprive her husband of the, pl- of the pluckings, of the, of the income? By selling it, she's depriving her. So if he acquired her, surely he acquired the possessions that belonged to her. So how can you say that after the fact, even Basil agrees that what's done is done? And she had, the, she had the right, the legal right to sell or to give it away. So I'm going to 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 the rabbis. When it comes to new properties, property she acquired after she was fully married, we are ashamed. We don't understand... We don't understand. The Mishnah will say, the Mishnah will say in a minute that properties that she acquired after she was fully married, the Mishnah will say that everyone agrees that if the wife sells it, the husband could extract it from, from, the, from the buyer because he has a right to it. So he says, I, not only do I agree with you, even that law, I'm ashamed because I don't understand it. It's the, it's the wife's. It belongs to her. She can do what she wants with it. And and now you're adding. Now you're saying you also you also eloshat say you him. You want to also tell us to limit her ability to sell properties that acquire and sold. He says, I hold that really I disagree with you totally. He's saying, you're arguing that what right does she have to sell the property that she inherited after she became betrothed? Since it's her, since the husband has a right to it. I argue the exact opposite. Even property. Even property that she inherited after the marriage was completed. I hold that she, ha- she, should, uh, she should have a right to sell it. It's hers. Even though the husband acquired her. One has nothing to do with the other. The husband acquired her, but not her property. It's her property. She's the sole owner of her property. If you're an owner, I can exercise my legal right. I can do whatever I want with it. I can give it away. I can sell it. And there, everyone agrees that, it's, that it doesn't stand. She has no right to sell it. And I don't understand that. And you're asking me why property that she inherited after the betrothal, before the completion of the marriage. You're asking me why, what right does she have to sell it? Why does it stand after the fact when she sells it? Why shouldn't she be able to sell it? Not only after the fact, she should be able to sell it initially. <laughs> exact opposite point of view of the rabbis. Time out for even though when does the husband, when does the husband's rights in the property begin? When does he start collecting the rent and plucking all the yeah, income? Right. only after the marriage is completed? But nevertheless, Bech Hillel said that already in the betrothal, even though at this point she's getting all the income, but since it's heading towards a marriage. And when they'll be married, the husband and they have no right, she has no right to deprive the husband of the future income <laughs> by selling it now and giving it away now. She's depriving, she's depriving the husband of future oh, income. Right, and Matilda yeah. says, yeah, it's not allowed. But after the fact, what's done is done. And Rav Shemugum says, I don't understand. Yes, the husband has a right to, to the plucking, but that's only if, if it's her wish, if she's part of the marriage. But if she has her, it's her property, she can do whatever she wants with the property. How can you restrict her in any way? Look at the third case, uh, look at the third case, uh, right. if she inherited or inherited or if someone gave her a gift after she was married, right. even Beishamai holds that she doesn't have a right to sell it or to give it away. Right. The husband can go and, and take it away, pluck it away from, 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 from the buyer and say, I'm sorry, you can't deprive me of my, of my income. The sale is valid to the extent that if the marriage dissolves, if and when the marriage dissolves, then the buyer, a buyer, uh, then it belongs to the buyer or to the giftee, the one who got the gift. But as long as it's a marriage, he says, "I'm sorry, I'm taking all the income that comes in." So you call, why? So again, so Bisheshun says, "I don't, I don't." Rabbi Gamaliel says, "I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. Even in this case, why would Bishamim? Why would everyone agree that?" that uh, she ha- doesn't have the right to sell it or to give it away. The husband can go, uh, go ahead and pluck it and take it away from, from the buyer. A fourth case. Actually, she inherited the property before, before the full marriage. Either before she was betrothed or after, it doesn't matter. says, if she sold them or gave them away, the transfer stands. <laughs> if the husband gains possession of the properties, surely he uh, should gain possession of her, surely she gained possession of her properties. Amblil replied, Al Khadash Baishim. Even new properties were shame. I don't even understand why. Even property that she gets after the full marriage, really, she should belong to her, and she should be able to do whatever she wants with it. I don't understand. But there, everyone agrees that she can. She doesn't have a right to, to sell it and to deprive her husband. But I don't understand that. I'm embarrassed with that law. I'm ashamed of that law. And you wish to come up uh, the old properties that she acquired before the full marriage. You're asking me why she do, why why she has a right to sell it. Of course, she has a right to sell it. If she sells it, 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 it it's it's valid. What do you mean a trust? I mean it doesn't belong to her? She gives it away to her father or something? No, no, no. A, a trust is, is owned by... Who's it owned by? She's it's the trustee? owned did? by the trust, but she's the beneficiary of the trust. But she has no control over it. Uh-huh. So it's outside of her... She doesn't own it. The trust owns it. Yeah, the, the Gemara does discuss her. She can give, like she'll give it to her family. You hold it until my husband dies or, or until we're divorced. <laughs> yeah, you, you so you save husband it, husband right, right. Yeah. So you save, you save, you keep your husband out of it. <laughs> yeah, that, would, that option is available. Yeah. The difference between the two versions, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Hanina M'la uh, what the rabbis argued with Rabbi Gamliel and his response they argued, if he acquires the woman, surely he acquires her property. The husband has a right to her property. And you Nebuchadnezzar know, responded, I'm embarrassed and ashamed of even new properties, properties that she acquired after the marriage or given to her or inherited. I don't understand why she should not have a right to do as she pleases with it. As long as it's in the marriage, yes, the husband can pluck and get the earnings, but it's her right to sell it. Well, right, he has no veto power. It's not his. It's all her property. If it if it uh, if it appreciates, she gets the appreciation. If it goes down to zero, she loses everything. It's her. It's her property. She has all the risk. The husband is a free loafer. So fine, as long as long as, as long as it's in the marriage, fine, you can enjoy. It. But why shouldn't I be able? To, I don't understand that. That you're arguing with me. In the case where she inherited or she got a gift of property while they were betrothed. And she sells it while, she, while they're betrothed. That's Rabbi Yehuda's version. And Rabbi Hanayim HaKavi says, and you're arguing with me, Rabbi says, and you're trying to argue with me in the case where she inherited or received properties as a gift while she was betrothed and then sold it after she was married, fully married. And the Gemara will explain what, what's the distinction. So so surely she should be able to to, uh, sell the property and do as she pleases with it. Four rulings, right? The Mishnah gave us four rulings. If she inherited the property or she got a gift before the the betrothal, after the betrothal, and after the full marriage inherits the property before the betrothal. She has all the rights. She has all the rights. Right. She can sell the property. Obviously really we're not talking about if she's single, she can do whatever she wants. We're talking about she inherited the property for, right. for marriage and then she becomes betrothed. She can he, still he right she now. can still sell the property according to everyone. Yeah. According to everyone. She can sell the property, right? Bisham and Basil agrees she has a right initially to go ahead and sell the property. Even after she's betrothed. Obviously, if obviously she's single, she's what her property, Do what she wants. Even after she's betrothed, the property she inherited before the betrothal can do whatever she wants. But once she becomes, once she's married, the property that she inherited before the betrothal. And then, and then they completed the marriage. She completed the marriage. So, Gambliel says, Gamaliel says, it's only... If the sale is only valid after the fact. Initially, she's not allowed to sell it. Right. But only after the fact, then it becomes... okay. Then, the other case is if she inherits the property after the betrothal. Right. So here we have an argument. Be'i Shammai says she can initially sell it. As long as he's still betrothed in the betrothal stage. Be'i says, no, she can no longer sell it. But if she goes ahead and sells it, it's a legal sale and the, the sure. sale stands. But one, she becomes, once she, the, the, she f- completes the marriage, so what says, and initially she can't sell it, but after the fact, uh, the marriage is, is valid. I mean, the sale is valid, or the gift is valid. What about if she inherits property after the marriage, the full marriage, and everyone agrees that the sale is not valid, even after the fact. But Shaman and Bezal agree the sale is not valid. right the rabbis didn't agree, didn't argue with this they were just trying to understand they said we don't understand this law they're not arguing this is, this is these are the opinions in the mission they're not arguing with the with the verdict but they're trying to understand the rabbis are trying to understand they ask well it doesn't make sense to us if the husband acquires the wife with the betrothal you acquire the wife surely i should acquire her possessions the husband should have rights not arguing in the fact and the rendering, but he says to me i don't understand the truth is maybe even gifts and presents that she receives after the marriage why, why should the husband if she takes all the risk and she has all the responsibility she can do as she wants with it her, she's the boss he supports her so therefore any income that she brings goes to the husband it's an exchange i'll support you and and you give me the paycheck. We have one bank account. Instead of having two separate bank accounts, two separate, When we go to the restaurant, we're not splitting the check. There <laughs> is an option. There is an option. You can say, you keep your I don't need your support, and I'll keep my paycheck. We'll have two separate bank accounts. There's an option. You know, if there's enough there to support her, she says, I'm sorry. I mean, don't do me any favors. I don't want your support. I need support. I'm making more money than you. Doesn't work. that concludes Reb Shimon distinguishes between one kind of property and another kind of property it's, there are some properties that the sale stands and regarding others the sale is void this is how you're doing property that is known to the husband like Timka she's not allowed to sell and even if she goes ahead and sells it it's void she has no right to sell but Janey is doing about property that he doesn't even know of. She, she has property in stands. China that he doesn't even know of. She right, right. Le, Le she timker. Has a- She's I not allowed to sell. Somewhere. But if she goes ahead and sells it, then the sale stands. No, that's a- okay, that's the mission. Okay, now the Gemara will unpack this mission de ple, safe for the pligi Why? Why in the first case, no one argues. Property that she inherited or she received as a gift, or she acquired before the betrothal. And then she gets betrothed. Everyone holds that she has a right to sell it, and the sale stands, and even initially she has a right to sell it. Both Shamai and Hillo. Well Maisichna safe for the pligi Why does Shamai and Hillo argue in the case when she inherits or she receives a gift, property? After the betrothal, that Pesha said she could sell, Meisol she can. Why? Amrit VeDavyanai. Davyanai said they can. answered, In the first case, the property fell to her while she was under her own, her, her own, her own possession, her own jurisdiction. She was single. Sefer law. When the property, when she acquired the property, it's already under his jurisdiction. Yes, at that moment he cannot yet enjoy the benefits, he can't pluck until they're fully married, but that's where the marriage is heading. We betrothed, and when the marriage is complete, he'll have all the benefit of the property. So now he's in the picture, now you don't have a right. That's why Basil says, you don't have a right to sell it. It's not so simple. If that's the case, if that's the rationale, so why does Basil agree that after the fact, the sale is a sale and the gift is a gift? He has a right. You're depriving him of his right. says, rather In the first case, the properties definitely fell while it was under her own jurisdiction. She was single. Safer, but in the case where she inherited and she received these properties after the betrothal, Emma we can argue. I can argue this way. I can say it's her jurisdiction because it's her property. She has all the risk involved in the property. It could turn to zero or, or, or could, uh, it could go up in value, but she has all the risks. So it's her property. He has nothing to do with it. He's a free loafer. Or you can say no, that it is under, under his jurisdiction. It is his right as a husband that he does have rights to it. So therefore, since we're not sure, initially, shouldn't be, she shouldn't be allowed to sell it. But after the fact, the sale stands, the sale or the gift is valid. And ask, if that's the case, why don't you say the same about property that she acquired before the betrothal? Right after the betrothal, now he, has, he acquires a, a right. It's true. But the difference is, there, when she was single, it was definitely 100% her right. After the betrothal, he has, it's a doubtful, maybe he has a right, maybe not. A doubt versus a certainty, it's not even a contest. She wins, and even initially, Basil says he can go ahead and sell it. No one argues. But here, when she acquired the property, at that moment, they're both in doubt. I don't know, Is is it totally hers? Does he also have a part in it? So therefore, Therefore, we say initially don't sell it, but after the fact, the, the sale or the gift stands. Okay, I'm Rabbi Huda, the mission said, Rabbi Huda says, I said before, I'm going to do The rabbis argued, we don't understand the logic. If he acquires her, surely the husband, why is it a doubt? If he acquires her, surely he has an acquisition of the property. Iboilu, they ask, Rabbi Huda, what's Rabbi Huda referring to? Is it referring to that Beit says that even initially he can sell it? He doesn't understand. How can Beit Shamay argue that even initially she has a right to sell it? What about the husband's right? If the husband has a right to her, surely the husband has a right to her property. Or he doesn't understand even Bessila's position. Bessila says initially she has no right to sell. But after the fact, the sale stands. He doesn't understand. Why should the sale stand? How could you deprive the husband of his right? invalid even after the fact. So we continue in side B, 78B. Tushma bring you up roo, the Tanya and the Brace. The Brace is a little more uh, specific. They said the rabbis argued before the Since this one is his wife and this one is his wife. Meaning whether she is in the stage of betrothal or whether she's in the stage of fully married under the chuppah, already brought into the house. Zumich bottles just like in the case, if she sells it after the completion of the marriage, you said everyone agrees that the sale is invalid, even after the fact. So Zumich rebattles should also be invalid, even after the fact. So clearly, you see, clearly the argument was not only we don't understand Bisham's opinion, we don't understand Bishiloh's opinion, that unanimously everyone agrees that after the fact the sale stands, why? What difference does it make? Since he acquires her, at what point does he acquire her? After the betrothal, not only when the marriage is complete, so what difference is it? Just like after the marriage is complete, she has no right to sell it, and even after the fact it's null and void, you can't deprive the husband of his right. The same should be true. If the husband sells it after, during the betrothal, if she sells it during the betrothal, the sale should be null and void because you're depriving the husband of the future rights when they complete the marriage. So <laughs> they responded, oh. you're, you're thinking about that? I have a different problem. <laughs> I don't understand the law that says that she has no right to sell it after the marriage is complete. Why not? It's her property. <laughs> you're trying, You you have a question. What bothers you is... How is it possible that that the she doesn't have a right that she, that she has a right to sell it after the fact? The sale is not void. Okay, so what do we see from this bray? come. Uh, that the argument of the rabbihood, the, the, the is quoting the argument of the rabbis, was not we don't understand beis We don't understand beis hill no, it's a clear proof. See the mission is very succinct. The bray is a little more detailed this is not what the rabbis argued uh, this is not what Amlil I'm, I'm responded to the rabbis this is the way he responded even though regarding this, uh, someone who's already married when the marriage is complete that the sale is invalid. You know why? She Because there's a difference. He's making a distinction between the marriage, the complete marriage, and the betrothal. What's the difference? It's only after the complete marriage that the husband, entitled to her findings, belongs to the husband. When she's fully married, the husband is entitled to everything that she finds, to her earnings, to her paycheck. And he has the right to cancel, to nullify her vows. So therefore the husband has a right in the wife. He has a real wife, uh, he has a real acquisition in the wife. He's an ownership. He has an ownership in the wife. He can everything that she finds belongs to him Her paycheck belongs to him. He has him he has a right to nullify her vows anything that you affects the marriage. The during... No. But no, just... then it's the father and the husband. Then it's only only if she's younger and then the father and the father and the husband together she's when, older, when she's younger uh, yeah. when she's older no only, only after the marriage yeah but uh, means to say that that no he could nullify it after the betrothal but the difference is that during the betrothal he doesn't can do it alone it's only the husband together with the father after the completion the of the marriage the father's out of the picture absolutely. Agreement with the father during betrothal? He he during betrothal, no. The they, they both can't nullify. They need both. Only when both of them nullify together. Otherwise, the, uh, her vow is not nullified. Okay. So it has to be both together. She do still be stuck. Uh, okay, but it's up to the father. But, a, but after the completion of the marriage and she takes a vow, he has the full, full jurisdiction, not the father. So therefore, he has such rights, such acquisition, such rights, then we say that, that she can't just sell the property. That, that's a distinction. But uh, you're gonna say in the case of betrothal, by the husband doesn't get to acquire not her findings, then, not her earnings. He's not alone, he can't nullify the vows alone. You need it together with the fathers. He doesn't have the same level of rights. So therefore it makes sense that in that case she the, she has a right to sell her property. Or at least after the fact that, that the that the sale stands and the gift stands. So i So the so the rabbi said to him, Rebbe, our teacher, rabbi Gamliel, You answered good a case where she sold the property before before the completion of the marriage. But what about nieces? What about the case where she acquired the property when she was betrothed or even before? And she held on to the property. And after the completion of the marriage, then she goes ahead and sells the property. What's the law then? So, Amrullahu. said to them, even in such a case, after the fact, it stands. The sale, or the gift stands. Since she inherited the property when she was single or during the time of the betrothal. So, therefore, the sale is valid. So, that's what they said to him. But now she is fully married. He does have a right in the wife. Surely he should have a right in the property. You yourself just explained that after the marriage it changes everything. After the completion of the marriage, the second stage of the marriage, the final stage of the marriage, everything changes. So why why should he still have why should she still have the right to sell her property? Why should the sale stand? That's what Am Gamlil said. Al the Baishin. The truth is, I don't really understand even the case where she inherits property after the completion of the marriage. According to my understanding, my opinion, even then she should have a right. With all the rights that the husband has in her, it's still her property. She gets all the risks. She takes all the risks. It's her property. She should do as she pleases with it. What right? As long as it's in the marriage. Let the husband pluck. Let the husband enjoy the benefits. But it's her right to give it away and to sell it. You're asking me why, in the case of property she acquired before the completion of the marriage, asking me, and then she gets married, asking me why then should she have a right to sell the, uh, and, and the sale should stand. <laughs> but this, according to this, this account, the dialogue between Am Gambliel and the rabbis, it goes against our Mishnah. But nan we learned in our Mishnah. Actually nisses, benisses, if she acquired property before the completion of the marriage yeah. then she gets married and then she sells it or gives it away says if she sells or gave it away then it's valid meaning it's only after the fact but according to the briggs is arguing she should have initially a right to sell it according to the there should be no no restriction Maybe ram gamlil is making a distinction. He says, if she acquired the property after the completion of the marriage, when the husband has full rights in her, okay, then I can understand. Then it makes sense to me. Then it makes sense to say that maybe she doesn't have a right to sell it. But property that she acquired before... Argues in the price, according to me, in all cases, even property she acquired after the fact, after the Nisuian, with all the rights that the husband has, according to my logic, she should be able to sell it. It's her right. But our mission, says Claire Gamblil, says she does not have a right to sell property that she acquired after the completion of the marriage. She, and and even property that she inherit she inherited before. And then she sells it after the marriage. It's only after the fact. You're right. You should really read the B'raith she could initially sell it. That even initially, you have to amend the, the Mishnah. You have to amend the Mishnah to read Amgamalil says that any property that she acquired before the completion of the marriage even and then she marries, she has a right to sell it even initially. It's her own, logic. The truth is, even if she, property she acquired after the marriage, completion of the marriage, she should have a right. But he's not arguing halachically. He says, I agree halachically in that case that, that, so that she, she can't sell it. And even if she sells it, it doesn't stand. It. Because Hillel and Shammai argue. I'm not arguing with Hillel and Shammai. They both agree that she can't. But I don't understand the logic of it. But you, And you're arguing against my halacha that says that she has a right to sell it, property that she acquired before the completion of the marriage. Even after the marriage, she has a right to sell it. Surely she has a right. It's her property. I don't even understand the other Allah. What's the says? even property even property that she acquired after the betrothal she has no right to sell it but if she sells it it stands the sale stands if she sells it while she is betrothed but if she sells it if she, what happens if she sells it after the marriage you can, you can cancel the deal could you cancel the deal Surely, if she bought it, if she acquired it after the marriage, completion of the marriage, and then she sells it according to everyone, even Shammai agrees that the sale is off. That It doesn't stand. And Abeliel said, I don't understand that. To me, it doesn't make any sense, but that's the halach. I'm not going to argue with that. It's a consensus. Once all the ancient rabbis, Hill and Shammai, who am I to argue? But it doesn't make any sense to me. On how you carry. The laws of property the owner who's the owner the owner is the one who owns it the one who takes all the risks and takes all the all the benefits so, you know so it's my life on the line and you're controlling what I can do doesn't make any sense why should you have why should you have a controlling voice if you don't take any of the risks and and, and, and you don't gain any of the any of the benefit any of the uh, people we're like Hashem's wife Hashem is our husband. People want to separate the corporate room from, Hashem, you're the boss when it comes in. The shul, you're the boss. The bedroom, you're the boss. And when it comes to the corporate, you don't leave me alone. That's my money. I'll do with it. No, Hashem says, no, 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 no. You have to earn money in a kosher way, in a Jewish way. You have to be honest. You have to give tzedakah generously. So you can't separate the, the, the boardroom, the corporate room, and the, and the bedroom, and the kitchen. Papa gives a different answer. Loikash. Not, it's not a, a contradiction from the Mishnah to the B'raise. The Mishnah, that's Rabbi Yehuda according to Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Yehuda also quoted that the rabbis argued with Rabbi Gamliel. But the, so according, and, and, but the version of the B'raise, that's the opinion of Rabbi Hanin and It's a different argument. The Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Hanin, are quoting two different arguments between the rabbis and the Rabbi Gamliel versions of what the argument in the rabbis and Rabbi Gamliel arguing. They're arguing according to Rabbi Huda's version. They're arguing with Rabbi Gamliel. They don't understand Hillel's ruling that that after the fact, the sale stands if she acquired property while she was betrothed, and then she sells it after she's married. They don't understand why. Why? Why the sale stands? Why the sale is valid? Okay. And and um, they argue that it that even after the fact, it shouldn't stand. If the husband acquires her, surely he acquires her property. So I mean, responds and says explains, no, she's not allowed to sell it, but if she sells it, it makes sense that the sale should stand. It's her property. So according to that, Amagam Leil is explaining to the rabbis Basilo's opinion. So if, if he holds that initially even property that she acquired after the betrothal, before the completion of the marriage, she's not allowed to sell, how much more so Property that she acquired after the, after the completion of the marriage that she's not allowed to sell. It's only after the fact then it, that, that she's not allowed to sell even while she's betrothed. Property that she acquired after the betrothal, initially, she's, according to hill is not allowed to sell during the betrothal. It's only after the fact that it's okay. So surely... If she acquires the property after the betrothal, she sells it after the completion of the marriage. Shortly, initially, that's not allowed. But Avgadoliel says, after the fact, it stands. So then our Mishnah makes sense. That, that's what Avgadoliel says in our Mishnah. says in our Mishnah that, um, that if she sells it, if the sale stands... after, she sell, after she's fully married, if she acquires the property before she's married. And then she married and she sells the property. Rabbi Gamliel says, initially it's not allowed, but after the fact, the sale stands. That makes sense, according to Rabbi Yehuda's version. But according to Rabbi Hananim and Akavi's version of the argument between the rabbis and Rabbi Gamliel, according to him, Rabbi Gamliel says that even, even when she's married, she can sell the property that she inherited before the marriage. He can't argue with Hillel and Shammai. You know, I'm going to listen, I don't understand it. I'm not going to argue with the law that everyone agrees on unanimously. That a property she acquired after the marriage, that she can't sell and it doesn't stand. Fine. But, property that she acquired before the completion of the marriage, and then she completed the marriage and then she sold it, according to me, she should initially be able to sell it. That's the opinion That's the opinion of the braise. That's Those two versions of what Rabbi Gamliel holds. It's not a contradiction. The version of the b'raise is that Rabbi Gamliel holds that property that she acquired before the completion of the marriage. And she goes and sells it after the completion of the marriage. She has a right to sell it even initially. And according to the, the version of Rabbi Yehuda, the ver- other version of, of Rabbi Gamliel, he's saying no. that He's only explaining why after the fact. Property she acquired before the completion of the marriage. and she sells it after the completion of the marriage. After the fact, the sale is valid. Because she acquired it before before the marriage. So she has a prob- fearing woman. The, the Torah says, don't sell it. She won't do it. And she does it anyway. She does it anyway. It's, the sale is done. The, in other words, the buyer, you can't take it away from the buyer. So the, so the she Torah- didn't do the right thing. But the prohibition is on her. But the sale is legal. The buyer says, "I'm sorry, <laughs> it's her problem. I paid for it. It's a legal sale. He can't take it away from me. She did something wrong. I didn't do anything wrong." And the gift, the one who got the gift, and it's mine now. I don't have to give it back. It's mine. I own it legally. Kosher, 100%. She did something wrong. Okay, so so give, give, give her some patch. What do you want from me? It says, if she acquires money, what do you do with money? You buy a property. So the husband could get the income from the property uh, and she keeps the principal you're right it doesn't but here the property the property it's not a valid sale initially you can't sell it because he's he's plucking and he's earning so you have no right to take it away he doesn't have to go looking for a new property and it's, it's he has already he had already the property he has a right, and the husband has nothing from money. You put it in the, under your pillow, under your mattress, you have he has to have something. Anything she has, it's to immediately translate. Yeah, you translate into something that's, that's, that, 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 that produces earnings, that he can benefit from. Just to sit under the mattress. Agree with opinion of Bisham. Tilo says she's not allowed to sell the property, even when she's betrothed. saying that Rabbi Gamliel follows Shammai goes against his own grandfather, his old great-great-grandfather you're saying that according to Rabbi Hananam and Rabbi Gamliel is arguing and his opinion is that any property that she bought before the marriage before the completion of the marriage she's even initially allowed to sell it after the marriage she's going against Hillel Hillel says that even while she's betrothed initially we tell her she's not allowed to sell it, it's only after the fact the sale is done, the deed is done the mother, the mother answers, <laughs> this is what Rabbi Hanim HaKadah says. <laughs> when Amlil argues it's a mistake. He disagrees. He says, <laughs> never disagreed in this matter. He said, there is no argument. According to him, everyone holds that a married woman is initially allowed to sell the property any property that she acquired before the completion of the marriage, she can initially go ahead and sell it. There's no argument. And a property that she acquired after the nisuyen, after the marriage, everyone holds that it's not valid. She's Not only is she not allowed to, even after the fact, the sale is not a sale or the gift is not a gift. So there's no argument. He disagrees that this is an argument. He says, I never heard of this argument. There's no argument. Now we come to the rendering, the verdict. What's the halacha? They both say, Whether she acquired the property when she was single, before she was betrothed, or whether she acquired the property after she was betrothed, and then she's married, fully married. The husband, even after the fact, the husband could extract the properties from the buyer. They want to come on. According to who is this? You don't follow any opinion, not Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, and not not Yehuda's opinion. opinion. Rabbi Yehuda, says that it's only after the fact. Initially, you're not allowed to sell property. Any property she acquired after the betrothal, you're not allowed to sell it initially. It's only after the fact that it's good. Here, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shmola both agree that even initially, you're allowed to sell it. According to Rabbanan, according according to Rabbanan Akavia, even after the fact, the sale is even according to Rabbanan Akavia, even initially allowed to sell it. According to Rabbi Judah, at least after the fact, that the sale is valid. Here, Rabbi Shmuel is saying, no, even after the fact, you're not allowed to sell it. mother answers, either Damr Kabi Sain, Udabrin Shmuel r are ruling according with our teachers. Tani will no our teachers our teachers after the fact, afterwards voted Bain Shafullah Shalh Sa' they changed their mind and they voted that the halacha is that whether the property she acquired the properties when she was single so she acquired the property after she was single, and then when this, and then she is married. Even after the fact, the sale does not stand. Right. At least they, they rely on the Mishnah says, "If she inherited the property after she's fully married, everyone agrees. Shameh and Hillel, everyone agrees that the sale is not valid. The husband can take back from the buyer." Take back itself. Is this the enactment of Usha? What do you mean? When the Sanhedrin, when the Supreme Court was in Usha, the Sanhedrin made ten stops from the temple and the final stop was in Tavaria. So when, when the Sanhedrin was in Usha, they enacted A woman sells meleig property. Meleig means to pluck, property that belongs to her. But while she has it, the husband gets to pluck and to uh, enjoy the income. And then she dies. The husband could remove the property from the possession of the buyer. The husband inherits the wife, right? When the wife dies, the husband inherits the wife. Only property that she owns at the time at the time of death. Anything that she sold before the time of death, <laughs> it's not hers anymore. It's only what she possesses at that moment, at that time. So here she already sold the property. So legally, really, you can say, I bought it before she died. It doesn't belong to you. She's out of the picture. Already. But in the USHA they enacted that if she sells the Malog property and then she dies, the husband could take the property. Why? Because the, the, what does that mean? How is that possible? It's sold. It's not hers anymore. At the time of death, it wasn't hers. Because the rabbis of Usha voided the sale. What they're saying is that the sale is never valid. She had no right to sell it. Because the husband is plucking and enjoying all the benefits. But the question is, why do you need an enactment? It says already in our Mishnah that after she's married, she can't sell it. If she inherits property after she's married, she has no right to sell it. So I already know it from the Mishnah. I don't need a special enactment from Utshah. It says, <laughs> Masnisin B'chayel L'Petis. What the Mishnah means, the Mishnah doesn't mean, our Mishnah doesn't mean, it's a misunderstanding, our Mishnah doesn't mean the sale is void. Is that what the Mishnah says. The sale is a legal sale. It's her right. It's her property. You asked the question. It's her right. If she owns it, if she, exercise, if she has a right to exercise her rights, if she gets all the risk and she gets all the benefit, all the, all the appreciation, that means it's her property. So why can't they sell it? And she could sell it. It's a legal sale. But all the rabbis are saying is, it, yes, it's his property, but he doesn't get the income of the property. As long as the marriage is lasting, as long as they're both alive, the husband picks up the paycheck every week. Not the buyer. It's your property. You don't get a, don't get a dime from it. After the expenses, all the, all the profit, the fruits go to the husband. But the moment the marriage is over, the moment she dies and the marriage is over, then it kicks in. It was always his. He acquired it already. Then it's his. And he acquired it before she dies. So if the husband doesn't get to inherit it. So here comes along the enactment of Usha and says, no. That that we void the whole sale. Not only that the husband gets all the benefits. You own it, but you don't get a dime. As long as the marriage is is, is as long as the marriage exists, he gets all the benefits from it, all the fruits. No, the sale itself is void. It's as if there is no sale, everything is in the marriage belongs to the marriage. So therefore, when she dies, he gets he inherited. So that's what he says that was the enactment the innovation of the rabbis of Ush that he gets to inherit but, but so the rabbi that was the enactment of Ush the innovation that in order for the husband to be able to be able to inherit this property we say that the, in this case the sale is void Again, even here, you can't say the sale is totally void because she has a right to sell it. But it's void. In this case, the rabbis made a special enactment. They have the power to make a special enactment. And in this case, in order to enable the husband to inherit her property, so therefore they, they voided the sale in this specific case. Rabbi Shimon Chaylik ben the Mishnah concludes, Rabbi Shimon makes a distinction between what types of property. Known property or unknown property known property, then the sale is void. But if it's unknown property, then the sale stands. Or the gift. Which properties are considered known or which properties are considered unknown? What's the definition of known and unknown? Known properties are land. Everyone knows land. Property stays in the family. Everyone knows you inherit land from your father and your father. Otherwise, you know, this is land that's in the family. Any you're doing property that's not known is referring to movable items. Everyone knows property is public knowledge. So surely we can assume the husband knew that she owned land. And therefore, he married her in the condition he understood that he's going to benefit from the land. He's going to enjoy the fruits from the land. So therefore, her sale is not valid. But, right, but No, that's land, that's property, that's real estate. But movable items, he had no idea. He probably did not know at the time of the marriage. So he didn't marry her with, his, with any expectations for that. Therefore, she has a right to sell it. Rabbi Eichenblum says that's Rabbi Yisrael opinion. Rabbi Eichenblum holds even movable items is also known. <speaking in Spanish> you know what he means. Know what Rambam means: property that's not known. She's sitting here, and she inherits property overseas. So he has no idea. Let's say her ancestors lived very far away, they don't live in the city, they live somewhere else. So he didn't know of their holdings, he's not in town. If it's in town, he knows what's going on. And a property that they own in Tokyo, I don't know, how should he know? So therefore he had no expectations, it's unexpected. So that property she has a right to sell. That's exactly what the Mishnah means. Any do it. not known means it's in a different place, a different location. Um, to be continued. Everyone have a wonderful day.